The Orioles have finally done it. They have made a trade for a major league starting pitcher. And while it's not as sexy of a name like a guy like Corbin Burns or Pablo Lopez, they got a guy who's going to help them win games as they acquire the left-handed pitcher Cole Irvin from the Oakland Athletics, along with another pitching prospect in exchange for infield prospect Daryl Hernandez. We will break down the entire trade from every angle coming up on this emergency episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Thursday, January 26th, 2023, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we got a little bit of an emergency pod coming to you here on a Thursday evening as the Orioles have made a trade, and it is truly the biggest trade that the Orioles have made in the Mike Elias era in which the prospects go to the other team and the big leaguers come to the Orioles. They've acquired Cole Irvin, the 28-year-old left-handed starting pitcher from the Oakland Athletics. He's going to slot into the Orioles rotation for 2023. Kyle Verbitsky, a right-handed pitching prospect, also coming back from Oakland to Baltimore. And the Orioles sent 21-year-old shortstop Daryl Hernandez, one of their top 20 prospects, over to Oakland in the deal. We're going to look at it from all angles. Take a look at Irvin's career so far. We'll take a look at uh, what makes him good and what makes him struggle sometimes. We'll take a look at how he fits into the Orioles rotation and if the O's are done. They have kind of their five or six starters set for the season and then break down the other pieces of the moves. You know, how good is Verbitsky? Will the Orioles miss her nays? And the 40-man move that the Orioles made to clear up space for Cole Irvin. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. So we'll jump right into this one. The Orioles have made their trade for a starting pitcher, and we're going to get into this. Does this mean they're done? Could they still make a bigger deal? They could, potentially. But you have to feel like with the O's going to get Cole Irvin on Thursday afternoon, they may be setting their starting rotation. I think this move certainly takes them out of the mix for any other free agent pitchers. Go back and check out Wednesday's episode this week. We talked about, you know, would the O's sign another free agent? You know, we talked about the Orioles' interest in both Michael Waka and Zach Greinke, the two best starting pitchers still on the free agent market. You know, Cole Irvin is in a similar stretch to those two guys. Could be a little better, could be a little worse. They're not going to add either of those guys by trading for Irvin. So free agent, at least in starting pitching-wise, not happening. Could get another reliever, another hitter, but it's not going to be a starting pitcher, at least in free agency. But at least with Cole Irvin, the Orioles do set an even slightly more solid five starting pitchers heading into the season. So first, let's talk about Cole Irvin, because although he's had back-to-back pretty solid seasons in the big leagues as a regular piece of the athletic starting rotation, you know, he was on a competitive team in 2021, but he was on one of the worst teams in baseball in 2022, and I know some of you may not be familiar with Cole Irvin, but he is a 28-year-old left-handed pitcher who was taken in the fifth round of the 2016 draft 
by the Philadelphia Phillies out of the University of Oregon. Now, he did get to the big leagues with the Phillies a little bit in 2019 and a little bit in 2020, but never really broke through. And the Phillies traded him to Oakland in January of 2021 for cash considerations. And Oakland, well, they had a spot for him in the starting rotation. And early in the 2021 season, Irvin kind of broke out onto the stage where he was one of the A's best pitchers in a 2021 season where they didn't make the playoffs, but they competed for the postseason for most of the year. And Irvin kind of settled in to that Oakland rotation for two years. Now, he is a starting pitcher with a lot of team control, and that's pretty much the number one reason why the Orioles went after him. He is not you know, arbitra he's arbitration eligible, I should say, not until after this season. So he will go to arbitration after the 2023 campaign. And he is not a free agent until after 2026. So the Orioles get four years of team control with Cole Irvin. Now, how did he pitch this year? I would say solid. Some metrics, advanced metrics, put him at a, about a league average starting pitcher in 2022. He made 30 starts for the A's this season, and in 181 innings, he had a 3.98 ERA. And obviously, first of all, it's a sub-4 ERA. You'll take that. 181 innings, that's an innings eater. And if he were on the Orioles, he would have led this team in innings pitch. Of course, Jordan Lyles pitched about 179 innings to lead the ball club. Irvin threw more innings than any Orioles pitcher in 2022. Now, he did have a 1.4 war according to Fangraphs. The FIP was at 4.21, so, you know, maybe his expected numbers a little bit worse than what he actually did. But the big thing that Cole Irvin does is he gets people out. It's not going to be sexy. He's not going to do it with a lot of strikeouts. Just a 17% strikeout rate versus a 5% walk rate. League average is 22% on strikeouts, so he doesn't K guys, but league average is 8% on walks. So he's well below league average in terms of walking guys. He is a pitcher who throws strikes. And for a guy that you know made 30 starts and threw 181 innings, he is simply a younger innings eater. When you hear the word innings eater, you think of a guy in his mid-30s, but Irvin is 28, and what he does is eat innings. He had 19 of his 30 starts go at least six innings in 2022 with the A's, and he had a pretty miraculous two-month stretch during last season. From June 29th through August 24th, it was a stretch of 11 starts for Cole Irvin. He went at least six innings in every single one of those starts, including multiple times he went eight-plus innings, never threw a complete game. But in that stretch of 11 starts, he had a 3.04 ERA and a 197 batting average against him. And it wasn't crazy big strikeout numbers. I mean, at times he was striking out guys at a little higher rate than he usually does during that stretch. But in general, it was a lot of soft contact, a lot of lazy fly balls, a lot of grounders to his infielders, keeping the pitch count down and being able to eat deeper and deeper into these games. Now, he is a left-hander who does get lefties out at a higher rate. Lefties had a 638 OPS against him last year. Righties at 727. But it's not a crazy split where right-handers are mashing him and lefties can't touch him. He's still better against lefties as a left-handed pitcher, but it's more in the middle, which is always better for a starter. The one thing about his season last year is that you know he did kind of tail off at the end of the year. He had about a 4.5 ERA in August, and then he had a 6.75 ERA in his six starts in September and October to finish the season. So his first four months, really, really good. His last two months, a little shaky in Oakland. 
You can always chalk that up somewhat to the fact that that Oakland team was so, so bad that they entered August, you know, trading more guys away. They had already traded a bunch of their team the offseason before. It couldn't have been fun. And, you know, it was probably hard to get revved up for a start, especially late in that season with the Athletics. But his, you know, other full season in 2021 was was very similar. And that's the other thing. It's only been two full big league seasons, so you don't still exactly know what you're getting. But it's been two very consistent seasons. He made 31 starts in 2021, 178 and third innings, and a 4.24 ERA, a 4.30 FIP. Again, low strikeouts, but also low walks in 2021 in his full rookie season with Oakland as well. Now, the interesting thing about Irvin is that despite the fact that he throws a good amount of sinkers, it's his second most used pitch. He's not necessarily a ground ball pitcher, only about 38% ground ball percentage for his career. He actually throws more fly balls, and that has gotten him in trouble from time to time. Now, Oakland can play as a pitcher's park at times, especially because of the vast foul territory, but he did have a little bit of a home run issue over his last two seasons. 1.25 home runs per nine allowed is a pretty high number, even at this point in Major League Baseball where home runs are certainly up over the past couple of years. Some of it has to do with the fact that even though he throws a sinker, it's not an elite sinker. And it's a pitch that's gotten hit hard, especially in 2021. It was his worst pitch. It got better last year, but he's still not exactly a ground ball pitcher. Now, what's going to help him with the home runs is, of course, the new wall at Oriole Park. Again, as I mentioned, he's better against lefties than righties. Most of the home runs he's given up have come against righties in his career. It's now really hard to hit a home run as a right-handed batter at Oriole Park with the wall being moved all the way back. It's tough to hit homers out there as righties, and that should help bring down those home run numbers against Cole Irvin. Again, he gave up 23 homers in 2021, and he gave up 25 homers last year. Those are, you know, once you get over 20, you start to get a little concerned about the home run numbers, but hopefully they will come down in Baltimore. And I'm sure that's some of what the Orioles are kind of banking on here in this deal. Now, in terms of the stuff to kind of finish up on Cole Irvin, it's kind of a kitchen sink approach. He actually did throw six different pitches last year, although he was only tracked as throwing one slider by StatCast, so let's just assume it's a five-pitch mix. The four-seam fastball is the pitch he throws the most, about 36% of the time. It's about a 91-mile-per-hour fastball, and opponents did hit only 222 against that pitch last year. It was the lowest batting average against, against any pitch in his two-year career. Also, the 24% whiff rate against the four-seamer is actually his best, and when you look at how he pitches, it's super interesting to look at his stuff because he had 128 strikeouts last year. 69 of them came with that four-seam fastball. And for a guy who, when you kind of think of Cole Irvin, you think of the sinkers and the soft contact, it's a four-seam fastball guy. And I could see the Orioles maybe having him try to ditch that sinker or at least throw it less and throw more four-seam fastballs as he goes throughout the year. Now, that sinker is his number two pitch. Throws it about 23% of the time. It's about 90, 91, similar velocity. The difference with the sinker is, while they hit the four-seamer at 222, opponents batted 278 against his sinker last year, and they batted 331 against his sinker in 2021. It's been a pitch that um, 
has gotten away from him at times. Other times, he's able to get ground balls on that pitch, and, and it really helps him get out of some jams and, and keep the pitch count down. But other times, it's a problem pitch. And, you know, he did give up five home runs against it this year. It's just not the most effective sinker. I wonder if the Orioles will try to have him reshape it or maybe even just ditch it for another pitch. Now, the pitch that did make a big jump in his arsenal this year is the curveball. He threw that pitch 21% of the time. It's kind of a big, looping, 78-mile-per-hour curveball that he throws. And while opponents did hit 274 against it this year, he had a solid whiff rate at 22% on that curveball, and the usage went way up. He only threw the curveball 3% of the time in 2021, and again, up to 21% this season. So he was able to rely on that pitch a little bit more, throw it to righties and lefties and get guys out. Then there's the changeup for Cole Irvin, throws it about 18% of the time. His usage on the changeup actually went down this year. It was a solid pitch. He did get some swings and misses on that one. Didn't give up a whole lot of hard contact on the changeup. But we'll see, you know, how the O's have him use that pitch. It's not exactly like his go-to against righties, although he throws it almost exclusively to righties. He threw almost 500 change-ups last year, and less than 40 of them were thrown to a left-handed batter. So just like most lefties, including John Means, the change-up is used to get righties out, but it is his fourth pitch. And then he does throw a cutter, although he only threw it 2% of the time last year. So, you know, kind of unsure how that cutter will continue into his arsenal. It was a pitch, though, he did introduce in 2022. It really never thrown it before this season. But that's kind of a look at Cole Irvin, you know, who he is, his career so far, and, and what kind of pitcher he is at this point. Basically, he's a lefty who doesn't throw super hard, but will mix a lot of pitches. And despite not striking anybody out, he doesn't walk anybody. He keeps the ball in play, he keeps the pitch count down, and he pitches deep into games. He's not going to be your ace, but he should certainly be in a major league rotation. So that's the question we will try to answer next. Where does he fit exactly in the Orioles rotation? I don't think they're bringing him in to start opening day, but where will he slot in? We'll talk about that coming up next. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. And new customers, you can join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to the point spreads to player props. And you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Now for me, with championship weekend coming up this weekend. Talked about the AFC game yesterday. In the NFC game, you know, you got two pretty good defenses, Eagles and Niners. I would take the under. Under 46 and a half points is the over-under at FanDuel. I would hit the under there. And on the app, it's safe, it's secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So we're back here talking Orioles trade as they acquire the left-handed pitcher Cole Irvin from the Oakland Athletics. They get the righty Kyle Verbitsky, a prospect, back in the deal as well. As Daryl Hernandez, the Orioles' 16th-ranked prospect, according to MLB.com, goes over to Oakland 
in this trade. And I just talked about kind of Urban's career so far, his stuff, what he brings on the mound as a left-handed starting pitcher. Now the question becomes, where does he fit in with the Orioles? And, and first of all, he is going to be in the Orioles starting rotation to begin the season. I mean, as long as he is healthy, he's going to have a rotation spot. The Orioles are not giving away Daryl Hanais, a, a top 20 prospect, for a guy like Cole Irvin if they don't plan to have Irvin in the rotation. So while I don't know exactly what spot he's going to take, He's going to be in the starting rotation to begin the season. Now, to slot him in, it's kind of interesting because the other question with the Cole Irvin move now is, well, are the Orioles done adding starting pitcher this offseason? And I think, as I said before, in free agency, they are done. It's not going to be Waka. It's not going to be Granky. They're done adding starting pitchers that way. But if a deal were to come up where they could get a legitimate ace, they're going to go get that ace. And maybe they'd be more likely to use... I don't know, a Tyler Wells, a Dean Kramer, a Kyler, uh, a Kyler, a Kyle Bradish in a deal like that to go get an ace now that they have Cole Irvin. But if that deal comes up, they're not going to say no because they have Cole Irvin. But I could see it being the case that, you know, the Orioles have talked around with a lot of teams, Ken Rosenthal writing this week that, you know, the Orioles have continued trade conversations for starting pitchers. And I could totally see it being the case that, you know, the Orioles were asking around and the prices were just too high, at least for what they're willing to spend in trades for these starting pitchers. And we've heard Mike Elias say multiple times this offseason that the Orioles are reluctant to trade away players from their major league roster. According, you know, of course, in this trade, they trade away Daryl Hernandez, who had just gotten to double A right at the end of last season. So a guy who was not even going to get to the big leagues at all this season. They're more comfortable trading a 21-year-old like that than a player like, say, Ramon Arias or Kyle Stowers or even, you know, someone from the pitching staff like Kyle Bradish. And I guess that would make sense because some of what I had heard that the Orioles were in talks with some teams, there were chats about, you know, deals where Ramon Arias would be involved going to get a guy like David Peterson from the Mets. And, you know, chats where Jorge Mateo would be potentially involved in a trade. And while it seemed like Mike Elias and the Orioles were, were certainly okay with having those discussions, it seemed like they would have rather given up prospects, guys who were still in the minors, than give up the current major leaguers because they like Arias and they like Mateo. Still questions about their long-term outlook with the Orioles, especially with all these infield prospects coming up the ranks. But I could see where... Maybe they were never going to get Corbin Burns, but in a deal for someone a little better than Cole Irvin, maybe a Pablo Lopez type who did eventually get traded to the Twins, or maybe a, a Jesus Lazardo or Edward Cabrera type also from the Marlins, that maybe those teams were asking for more big league players, and especially the Marlins were. We know they want them, the, the way they went and got Luis Arise, the way they can't develop hitters and want big leaguers that have already played for a couple years and have shown they can be major league hitters. Maybe the Orioles just didn't want to do that. They were looking for a trade partner with, you know, a little further away from contention, wanting only prospects. The Oakland Athletics pretty far away from contention at this point. So that does make sense. So could they still make that move for an ace? If it comes up and it's at the right price, yes. But this certainly makes it less likely because at the end of the day, the Orioles did upgrade the rotation with this Cole Irvin move. I think right now, if they're going to go with a five-man rotation to start the year, it's Dean Kramer, Kyle Bradish, Kyle Gibson, Grayson Rodriguez, and Cole Irvin. 
I have no idea in what order you put those guys in. I put it in that order with potentially starting Dean Kramer on opening day. I still think you could start any of these guys besides Rodriguez on opening day, to be quite honest with you. The Orioles don't really have a guy who you're going to slot in as an opening day starter right now. But if that's the five-man rotation, obviously this would move Tyler Wells to the bullpen. I think he's shown he's been good in the pen when he did it in 2021. He's much better suited for the bullpen than Cole Irvin is. And so he would be the guy that moves to the pen. And you would also have D.L. Hall and Austin Voth in that bullpen mix as well, who are guys who were starters for the Orioles and can be starters for the Orioles moving forward. Now, I will say, if those are the five guys in the rotation to start the year, if it's Kramer, Bradish, Gibson, Rodriguez, and Irvin, the Orioles aren't just going to put Wells, Hall, and Voth in just straight-up bullpen roles. And it won't even be like they're in you know a long relief role, like a, a Keegan Aiken-style role from 2022. Because... Although Mike Elias said in his radio interview with 105.7 The Fan last week that, you know, it's not going to be these crazy restrictive innings limits on guys like D.L. Hall and Grayson Rodriguez and even John Means when he returns from Tommy John surgery somewhere in, in most likely June or July, he still, you know, said that they're going to be able to pitch a solid amount of innings, but there's going to be restrictions on those guys. And especially early in the season, you want to restrict them more early in the season, kind of build them up, because if you are expecting to make a playoff run this year, which I think the Orioles are after what they did last season, you don't want to hit a Grayson Rodriguez innings limit in late August and do what the Nationals did with Steven Strasburg in 2012. Cost them, I think, a chance to win a World Series that year because they just shut down the best young pitcher in baseball because of a made-up innings limit. And I don't think the O's want to do that. So what they're going to do early in the season and why they're piling more starting pitchers, even if they're not kind of the sexy number one guys, they're more Cole Irvin types, is that you need innings. And Irvin, who threw 181 innings last year, is going to give you innings. You don't have to worry about piggybacking anybody on Cole Irvin. You don't have to worry about piggybacking anybody on Kyle Gibson. He's going to be your veteran innings eater. I don't think you have to worry about piggybacking anybody for, with Dean Kramer from what we saw last year. But what I will say is, whether it's Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez, D.L. Hall, Tyler Wells, Austin Voth, if any of those five guys are in the starting rotation, it's hard to see me kind of trusting them to always give you six-plus innings. And I know Kyle Bradish had some great starts, especially against the Astros late in the year when he went deep into games. But we've also seen him go three or four innings at times and lose the command and have the pitch count go way up. We've seen it you know, with D.L. Hall throughout his minor league career. I don't think he's ready to pitch six and seven innings every day. Austin Voth never you know, got past the fifth inning, basically, with the Orioles. And Tyler Wells, although sometimes he could pitch into the sixth, he was basically a five-inning guy you know, before he got injured when he was starting with the Orioles last year. And Grayson Rodriguez, I think, eventually is going to be a guy who's given you seven innings every time he goes out there. But that's not going to be the case in his true rookie season when he's never still thrown a big league pitch and he's coming off a lat injury that took him out for the final three months of 2022. Those guys are going to be on limits. And even if they do start, they're going to be held to maybe four innings at the beginning. So maybe you have Grayson Rodriguez in the rotation and he goes four innings and then Tyler Wells comes in for two or three innings. And then you go to the back end of the bullpen. Or maybe, you know, you go with a six-man rotation and D.L. Hall starts, but then you have Austin Voth behind him and Hall goes four innings and Voth goes three. That could be the plan at the beginning of the year, which is why it's nice to have Cole Irvin because he's not a guy you have to worry about piggybacking. I mentioned 11 straight starts of six-plus innings. 19 of his 30 starts went six-plus innings. He threw 181 innings. He pitches deep into games. It's something you don't have to worry about with him. So he just gives you more innings in this rotation.
it just shores up the rotation, makes it a little stronger, a little better, and a little deeper. Now, you have all these guys I mentioned. Spencer Watkins still in the mix. I mentioned John Means should be back midseason from Tommy John surgery. So you've got even more depth. Now, you don't have a number one. Maybe it could be Means when he comes back, although I wouldn't count on it coming back from Tommy John. Maybe at some point this season it becomes Grayson Rodriguez with how good he could be. Maybe the Orioles make a trade at the deadline to add a closer to a number one starting pitcher. But right now, you've got a lot of options who most of these guys can be starters, can also be your sixth starter, can also be long guys, can also be piggyback guys. And it's more of a holistic approach, it looks like, than kind of top guys. But if they pitch well, it's doable. I think the O's need to add another bat. But currently in the rotation, Irvin's got a spot right now. And again, if they go with five, I think it'll be Kramer, Bradish, Gibson, Grayrod, and Irvin. And if there's a sixth to start the year, I do think it will be Tyler Wells with then kind of D.L. Hall and Austin Voth pitching in piggyback roles out of the bullpen. Doesn't mean that can't change because it will throughout the season, but it gives the O's more depth and other option. And listen, a guy with four years of control who's had success and pitches a lot of innings, that is always good to help a young rotation. But Cole Irvin, he wasn't the only player involved in this trade. There were two prospects as well, one on each side, and a player from the Orioles had to get DFA'd as well to make room on the 40-man roster. So coming up next to finish off the pod, we'll break down those three players and how they fit in with both the O's and the A's. So it's our instant reaction podcast as the Orioles make a trade with the Oakland Athletics here on Thursday afternoon, acquiring the 28-year-old left-handed pitcher Cole Irvin from Oakland. Irvin will join the Orioles rotation. They also get Kyle Verbitsky in the deal, and they send Daryl Hernandez over to Oakland. And wanted to finish off by talking about you know the other people in this trade besides Cole Irvin. We've talked about Irvin enough. Let's get to the other guy that the Orioles acquired in this trade, and that is Kyle Verbitsky, a 24-year-old right-handed pitcher who was not you know ranked in a lot of top 30 lists, but is one of those guys who's kind of right outside of those lists uh, in the Oakland system, and some people think he's, he's maybe a top 30 prospect as well. But what Kyle Verbitsky gives you is command, and control and a really interesting projectable body type on the mound. Verbitsky, who is a 17th round pick of the Athletics in 2021 out of Penn State, stands at six foot seven, 235 pounds. This is a large, large mound man, I should say, on the mound. And what's really, really cool about Verbitsky is when you see a guy at six seven. 235, you know, kind of built similarly, a little lighter, but to Felix Bautista, I think your first thought is always, well, that guy is going to struggle with control. That big body, a lot of moving parts, command might be an issue. But Baseball America, early in January, when they put out the Athletics top 30 prospect list, they, you know, do the superlatives as well, like best fastball, best curveball, best command, you know, best stuff. They ranked Kyle Verbitsky as the pitcher with the best command in the entire Oakland Athletics system. So not only is he this big guy with solid stuff, he's got really, really good command. And that's something that should help the Orioles. Now, Verbitsky came in, he pitched 16 innings after he was drafted in 2021 and pitched well. Then he goes to low A in 2022 and makes 15 starts, 86 and two-thirds innings, and had a 4.78 ERA. 
But in those 86 and two thirds, again, 99 strikeouts to only 20 walks. Those are really good numbers. He then went up to high A Lansing. And again, good numbers. Seven starts to end the year in Lansing with the lug nuts. A 4.31 ERA in 39 and two-thirds innings. He struck out 41 batters and walked just 10 with a 236 batting average against him. I'm sure the guys at BSL on the verge over there, they'll have a better look at kind of the stuff of Kyle Verbitsky, but it's a big guy with really good control and command and a projectable body that at age 24 will probably pitch in double A buoy in some role. You know, he's been a starter. We'll see if he remains a starter, but you should be able to see him in buoy this year as part of this trade as well. Now, on the other side of the trade, of course, the Orioles had to give something up. And that player was Daryl Hernandez. And this is an interesting part of this because Daryl Hernandez is a pretty well-liked prospect in the Orioles system. MLB Pipeline, you know, most recently had him ranked number 16 in the Orioles' top 30. And pretty much every outlet has him ranked somewhere between number 10 and number 20, usually in kind of the higher teens, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 range in the Orioles system. And that's in the best system in baseball, which means he's a pretty good player. Fifth round pick by the Orioles in 2019 out of high school in El Paso, Texas. Just 21 years old, right-handed hitter who plays all the infield spots, plays shortstop, second base, can play some third base as well. And, you know, it's been an interesting track for Daryl Hernandez because he comes in in 2019, goes to rookie ball, obviously, as a teenager. Then, you know, no minor league baseball in 2020. He comes back to Delmarva in 2021 and basically plays the entire season at 19 and 20 years old in Delmarva. Hits 277 with a 691 OPS, six homers for the Shorebirds in 2021. Plays some good defense, but there were still some questions kind of about the power. He, he struck out a solid amount, didn't walk a whole lot. You just weren't sure who he was as a player. And then he starts at Delmarva again in 2022, and he was pretty openly upset about the fact that he did not move up and start the year at Aberdeen this year. He thought he deserved it. Instead, he played the first six weeks almost with the Shorebirds, 32 games to start the year in Delmarva, but he hit well. 283 average, 853 OPS, six home runs. He showed... He should not have been in Delmarva. And, you know, in May, he gets the call up to high A Aberdeen. Now, Aberdeen, generally a park where hitters struggle. It's a bigger ballpark. It's a pitcher's park. The ball dies. You hear hitters talk about it all the time. But not for Daryl Hernandez. He hit 305 in 60 games with the Aberdeen Ironbirds with a 376 on base, had an 832 OPS with five homers and 13 doubles. Basically had, honestly, the best offensive stats of any player who spent the majority of their season in Aberdeen with the Ironbirds this year. And so he earned himself a call up to double A Bowie right at the end of the season, age 21 top 20 prospect, you know, a solid pick out of high school, moving up prospect charts. He gets that call up to double A. Now the stats weren't great in double A played 13 games with the Bay Sox. He was just six for 53. That's a 113 average with 16 strikeouts, but he did hit a homer and, you know, he played a couple of different defensive positions and got his first taste of double-A pitching, which is always the hardest jump, going from high-A to double-A in the minor leagues. And he showed in 2022 overall that he is one of the top 20 prospects in the Orioles system. And while it is a little surprising to see the Orioles finally part with one of their top 30 prospects, they just have not done this. This is the first time Michael Elias has traded one of their legitimate prospects. I do think Daryl Hernandez is going to get to the major leagues at some point. I think it'll be in the next few years with the Oakland Athletics. But what this move does do is it 
it turns the page. I get that Cole Irvin is not the sexy, again, big number one starting pitcher ace name. But this finally, I think, opens a new chapter for the Orioles. Because we talked about it when the O's went out and acquired James McCann for a player to be named later. It ended up being an absolutely nothing prospect. We said, oh, at least the O's are giving up a prospect for a major leaguer. But that's very different than what this is. This is the Orioles giving up a legitimate prospect, one of their top 20 guys, who they spent significant draft capital on under Mike Elias. He was an Elias draft pick in 2019, and a guy who they think is going to be a big leaguer. Now, he's had some concerning batted ball data at times, doesn't hit the ball as hard as you'd like, struggling with hitting the ball on the ground too much at times, but a really introspective guy, and a guy who's learned a lot, and and really was kind of like a an adult in the room in Delmarva last year at the beginning of the season when there were so many teenagers from Latin American countries on that Shorebirds roster. Daryl was kind of the guy who just taught them how to be professional baseball players in the States, essentially. And he was he was really important to that team. You'll hear Sam Jelinek, the broadcaster for the Shorebirds, talk about that a lot. So he was important to this O system. But this turns a page for Michael Elias and his crew because, again, although it's just Cole Irvin, although he's a solid starting pitcher, the fact that you're trading... Daryl Hornais tells me that the Orioles are finally willing to not hug every single prospect. Because, yeah, Hernais is in a big infield log jam, and he is definitely behind in the pecking order. Guys like Gunnar Henderson, Joey Ortiz, Jordan Westberg, and Connor Norby, and Jackson Holiday, and the list could even go on further. But Hernais is on the next tier of good infielders in this system. And the fact that Elias was willing to deal him for a major league player shows me that the Orioles are ready to go into the next step of this process, this rebuild, which is, yeah, maybe they're not spending money, and yeah, they haven't made the splash trade, but they're willing to give up on some of these guys who have good outlooks like Daryl Hernandez to help the major league team. And that's what this move did. It wasn't a big slam dunk splash, but it helped the major league Orioles get better, and they had to give up a guy who could be part of the future. Again, it's not Jordan Westberg yet. You know, it wasn't Joey Ortiz yet. But Daryl Hernandez is a pretty good player and a pretty highly ranked prospect. And I like that that's the direction that the Orioles are going in with this deal. Now, the last thing they had to do here was clear up a spot on the 40-man roster. They did so by designating Darwin's and Hernandez for assignment, the left-handed pitcher who the Orioles acquired in a trade for cash considerations from the Red Sox earlier this offseason. Basically, it was a glorified waiver claim. Hernandez has crazy stuff from the left side, but even though he's been in the big leagues for a few years, he never has any idea where the ball is going. I think the O's will hope he sneaks through waivers because if they can get his command together, he could be a solid bullpen piece for this the year, but Cole Irvin will help this team more than Hernandez will. So that's how they cleared space on the 40 man. But Cole Irvin is a Baltimore Oriole. They've gone and gotten their starting pitcher for the offseason. And maybe they've kind of solidified this rotation, at least for what they can go in and, and win some games with. It's not the sexiest rotation, not the best one in the world, but it got better on Thursday. And that's the important part of this trade. But that'll do it for the weekend here on the podcast. Full disclosure, I had already recorded an episode for Friday about two hours before this trade news broke. Scrapped that a bit. Got to this Daryl Hernandez and Cole Irvin trade podcast. And uh, that episode I recorded talking about some of the Orioles' best drafts in recent history, in which I talked about the 2019 draft, which included Daryl Hernandez. You will hear that next week, along with a Mailbag Monday episode next week, so make sure to get in those mailbag questions. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.